Uh, the book of Proverbs tonight, let's turn to the book of Proverbs, and we'll be in chapter number 27 this evening, Proverbs chapter number 27. <clears throat> if you think back several weeks ago, uh, we looked at a few different people or characters, uh, characteristics out of the book of Proverbs, and uh, for example, one of them that was the slothful man. And certainly that was one uh, that is a bad example. That's who we want to stay away from. You have the evil man. We looked at the evil man. And uh, certainly uh, we'll go through all of these different characters. And some of them uh, we will revisit because the book of Proverbs says uh, enough that I can't fit it in on a Wednesday night. And so we'll revisit them, many of them. Uh, but tonight we're going to look at dealing with our friends. And the book of Proverbs uh, gives us some instruction on being a friend dealing with our friends, and much of dealing with our friends is how we uh, conduct ourselves as a friend. And so we're going to look at several verses this morning, uh, this evening, and it'll be morning when I'm done, but we'll look at several verses uh, this evening. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 27 and verse 5, and then we'll read down several other verses, but look at beginning with verse number 5 and verse number 6. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Look at verse number 9, verse 10. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity, for better is a righteous, better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. Let's look at verse number 14. He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice... Rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. And then finally, verse number 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. As I've already mentioned, we're going to look at dealing with our friends. We as God's people have got to keep the Bible in front of us. We know this. We're here on a Wednesday night for Wednesday night midweek Bible study. We've got to be very, very careful because we live in the day of uh, media, uh, heightened media, social media, internet, emails, uh, all kinds of different things. And it's easy to get philosophy that does not come from God. It is easy to get philosophy that comes from this world. I said this in passing on Sunday at some point. I can't remember which one of the three times I spoke on Sunday where, where I've said it. Maybe I've said it on three, but I'm going to use it as an example before we pray tonight it, of getting the wrong kind of philosophy. I made the statement that politically I'm not a conservative. I'm a Christian. And I think this conservative values have hurt a lot of Christians and a lot of churches. Because conservatives have changed a lot of their views. I'm a Christian. Uh, if conservative values line up with the Bible, then so be it. Um, but I'm a Christian. That's just an example. If we're not careful, we'll let philosophies of this world, even if they're under the label of something that's positive, uh, dictate the way that we act and the way that we conduct ourselves. The Bible must be our guide. The Bible must be the, 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 the map that directs us. It needs to control our life. 
And uh, so tonight we're going to look at, once again, a, a character in the book of Proverbs, but we're going to look at dealing with our friends. Father, pray. Uh, we pray now that you would just uh, give us your spirit tonight. May the spirit of, of the Lord, may, may he just uh, speak to our hearts tonight. Uh, may we be uh, rejoicing and comforted by the fact that we have friends. And certainly it's a wonderful thing to go to church and to open the Word of God and serve alongside uh, people who are not just your brothers and sisters in Christ, but people you care about, you love, and you become friends with. And Father, may we realize we have a responsibility in our friendship. Uh, may we have the Bible as our guide. May the things we see this evening from your Word, may they just reinforce of some things that we know to be true. May it remind us of our responsibility in friendship. And Father, may our actions uh, in this subject uh, please you. May it honor you. And I'm certain that if we live in a way that would uh, honor you, that uh, certainly make a difference in the life of someone else. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We read six verses tonight that deal with uh, friendship, and uh, five of them use the word uh, friend uh, in the verse of Scripture. Uh, a friend is, uh, we look at friendship sometimes as uh, something that uh, if, if, I'm, if I do this for you, you, you will then do it for me. That's not friendship. Uh, that reminds me of when you're in second grade on the playground, it's, I'll be your friend if you'll be my friend. And uh, that is not the way uh, that that friendship is. I can reference a lot of verses, and certainly our example in everything is the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he was our friend. Uh, he is our friend. And uh, he is the pattern of friendship. He's a friend of those that aren't a friend to him. Uh, he's a friend even though we fail him. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you failed him today? The reason why I said don't raise your hand just saves time. Just say everybody's failed him today but he's still our friend. Uh, that's the pattern of our friendship. And I believe that if we would uh, allow the Word of God to remind us of some things, this is not going to be new teaching tonight, but I believe it's good for us to uh, have things that we know to be true reinforced because, again, as I've already mentioned, uh, we are bombarded by things in this world, philosophies in this world. In addition to that, we still have this old selfish flesh that likes to see things from our viewpoint, likes to make decisions based on how I feel, likes to treat people based on the way they treat us. Uh, besides the fact that we get all these philosophies that are not from Scripture, are not of God, we have this flesh that if we don't govern it, it will govern us. Anybody here have emotions? Uh, how many ladies are in here? Well, anyway, everybody, everybody, everybody in here has emotions. Male, female, and that's it. There's no others. Everybody has emotions. If the, the, one of the greatest downfalls to man, but it could be a great downfall to Christians, is their emotions. Our emotions govern us. And when it comes to our relationships... If you're going to have the right kind of a relationship, uh, you got to be careful of your emotions. And sometimes we can destroy friendships. We can destroy relationships based on our emotions. So we must look at uh, the Bible and what it says. And tonight I want to look at it from the friendship or from the focus of what is my responsibility? What, what, what is the Bible ask of me? We've got to be very careful, generally speaking, as a church. 
we, we, we have a tendency, and it's natural for man to do this, to look at this wicked, lost world and point out all of their flaws and ask for God to judge their sin when the people that we've got to have, that we have the most problems with is us. Your biggest problem, my biggest problem is not the Democrat Party. You say, Pastor, I can't believe that. Sean Hannity told me he was the Democrat Party. Well, I'm here to tell you, don't listen to him, listen to me. Um, you know, I can get off on that for a while. But anyway, go look in the mirror. That's your biggest enemy. Well, Pastor, don't you know what they're doing? I have the Almighty God who spoke all the stars into existence. Uh, I'll go with him. My responsibility is to please him. And so I'm just reminding us of, of, of those things uh, because over the last several weeks we've had some really shallow preaching on Wednesday nights. So I'm just trying to get us back into um, some of the, uh, the more concrete uh, principles of Scripture. And so uh, I did that so you'd appreciate me when I got back. But uh, uh, no, let's look at these things uh, in dealing with our friends. Number one, we must be honest with our friends. Let's read verse 5 and 6 together. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Notice verse 5. There's open rebuke and there's secret love. Our tendency is to lean more towards the secret love than the open rebuke. Now, if when God gives you a friend, the Bible tells us this, God has given us a gift. When he's given us a true friend, we have a gift from God. Uh, when, uh, so you ought to have a love in your heart. This is not one of those situations where it's like, well, I, you know, if I, if, 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 open, if I have open rebuke, that means I don't have, there's not secret love, that means I don't have love. No, the love that is secret becomes known because we are honest with our friends. Uh, we must be honest with them. And the context of this is, I've heard this, I heard this said when I was much younger, and it's certainly true, um, a friend is somebody who gets in your way when you're going the wrong direction. A friend is somebody who uh, is not, let me put it this way, a friend is not the stumbling block when you're trying to serve the Lord, they're the stumbling block when you're trying to go away from the Lord. A friend is somebody who speaks up. We, we tell our teenagers, especially the senior high guys, and to be leaders and to, and this is, this is spill over in the other areas, but to be leaders and sometimes you got to speak up and you got to say, this isn't what, because you get a bunch of knucklehead guys together. You know, there's 1,722 things that could happen and 1,721 of them are bad. So sometimes it's just one, one guy saying, maybe that's not a good idea is, is a good thing. But sometimes when it comes to all of us that are all grown up, you know, when we get around our friends, it's easier to just say, well, I love them, so I don't want to hurt their feelings. I love them, so I don't want the contention to be there. I, I, I it's just, I don't... I don't want the drama. Well, nobody's looking, well, I can't say nobody's looking for drama, but, you know, we, we could not be looking for drama, but 
is, are they going to hurt themselves? I'll give you an example. An example of a friend is somebody who's leaving the things of God. They're straying from the things of God. You can see a change of direction. And now there's some other people in their ear that are not their friends. They're not their friends because they don't have their best interest in mind. Uh, they're not their friends because they're trying to help them get away from the Lord. For an example, you can take a young adult and, and mom and dad has been their friend because they've kept them in church and, and, and the youth director has been their friend, the pastor has been their friend, there's others been their friends. But now they, they, they're out of high school, they start looking, they start thinking this way. Or it could be somebody who's been in church for, for all of their life and all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't want to say anything about these changes I see because I don't want them to be upset at me and we justify by saying, therefore, I, I, need, I want to make sure that I can help them. Let me tell you how to help somebody who's going in the wrong direction. You say, stop going in that direction. I love you. I care about you. And so that open rebuke is better than secret love. We must be honest with our friends. Let's flip this around. If you've got a friend that's honest with you, you, ought to, you, you, ought, you, should, you, you won't always appreciate it. But you ought to be thankful for it. So, but they're out of line. Maybe. And if they're out of line, you can give some grace by the, by the motive they had to try and be a help to you. We must be honest with our friends. I would rather, as your pastor, I want to be your friend more than I want to be your buddy. I want to be your friend by preaching you the truth of the word of God. Sometimes people you love get upset at you when you're, when you're their friend. For example, when you say, if you keep going that direction, you're headed for trouble. You're headed for heartache. Don't, 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 don't do that. Well, they're just trying to know I'm trying to be your friend. Um, parents, it's better for you to be their friend and tell them what they really need to hear as opposed to trying to be their buddy. You're not cool enough to go to the mall with them. I'm sorry. Um, that's, just not, that's just not the reality. And one, let's be honest with our friends. Number two, we must have our friends' best interest in mind. These go together, but they're a little different. We'll read verse six again. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. We must have our friend's best interest in mind. This could probably be summed up with this statement. You can tell if your friend has your best interest in mind based on, I've already mentioned it, if they tell you what you want to hear or if they tell you what you need to hear. They tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. I use the illustration just a moment ago, you get a bunch of teenage guys together, and just one to say, you know, that's probably not a good idea. You know, sometimes that's good for ladies, too. It's good for men. It's good for couples. Good for people. We must have our friends' best interest in mind. Sometimes, and this is a, this is a whole other lesson, but I'll slide it in here with this point. Sometimes I'm a better friend when I pull back in my fellowship. Why don't we, why don't we hang around like, well, you're not my friend anymore. Hold on. I, would, I want to, I have your best interest in mind. 
Because, you know, we've already talked about open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, this is not talking about, well, they just needed to, I just need to get that off my chest. No, you're being a jerk, probably. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, I just, that's just the way I am. I just speak my mind. Probably doesn't take very long to do that, does it? Uh, that's not what the scripture's talking about. It's talking about we ought to have our, it goes with verse number five, we ought to have their best interest in mind. I'm just trying to help. Well, well, what, stop, I don't, I don't think I need help. Don't get upset when somebody's trying to help when you don't need help. Just be thankful that they cared enough to try and help. Don't ask me to repeat that because I, I said help way too many times in there. We must have our friend's best interest in mind. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And you look at the, the parallel, what, what the Bible parallels with the faithful are the wounds of a friend. You compare that to the kisses of an enemy. There's a lot of them, young people listen to me. There's a lot of people that will tell you what you want to hear to get you to do what they want you to do. This world does not care about you. Doesn't care about you. And you, 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 you and parents, protect your, your, your young people, protect your children. Aunt, Aunt Susie and cousin Daryl, can't pop the mind, I don't know. Daryl. Um, may not have your kids' best interest in mind. The other side of that coin is the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. They lie. Tell you what you need to hear. Why? Because they want to get you to go where they want you to go. They're going to do what they want you to do. And when, you get, when, they, when they're done with you, they don't really care about you. They'll drop you. The Bible calls them an enemy. The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. If you have a friend, you surround your, let me put it this way, if you surround your people, or surround yourself with just people who are just going to tell you everything you want to hear, you are in, you're on dangerous ground. Uh, because we have to have at least, and, by the, and let's, not, let's not confuse friend with an acquaintance, friend with buddies, Let's look at the strict definition of a friend. Uh, It's different than we put friends. Well, I thought they were my friend on Facebook. That's not a friend. But they like my post. That doesn't mean they're your friend. Can you only imagine what they're saying about you? I can't believe she posted that of herself. I have to like that so everybody else will see it. You know, we look at things a little bit differently than, than probably the reality Number three, look at me at verse number 10. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Let's look at the first part of that first, thine own friend. Number three, we must, we must stand by our friends. Thine own friend forsake not. You know how you know who your friends are? They don't forsake you. If they forsake you, they're not your friend. I heard my... 
My father said this many, many years ago, and I've never, it's always stuck in the back of my mind. I was a much younger man, a younger preacher, and over time, and I'm sure I'm paraphrasing it, but over time, you're going to know who your real friends are. Those that are with you today are not going to, most of them are not going to be with you 10, 20 years from now. You know, but, you know, this church is a good example because so many of us, we, we've, our whole lives have been together. And the reason of that is because of the Lord and the friendship and the relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I consider all of you my friend. Uh, I don't consider everybody out in this world my friend. There, there's, there, there are things that keep us from being that way. But we must stand by our friends. Sadly, this is the way most people look at friendship. What are they doing for me? What are they doing for me? What are they doing for me? Oh, they're not doing for me now. So we move on to somebody else who will do for me. We will look at 13-year-old girls and we will be, I can't believe they're so superficial. They're best friends with this one this day and then this one the next day and and they had, you know, they had a better lunch on this day. Oh, that, that's teenage boy. They had a better, better lunch on this day. And, and so they're just, you know, now they're buddies and they're buddies. You say, how immature. And yes, that's what immature junior high girls do. I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say. But I've seen a lot of, almost said old ladies. I don't want to say that. I, I've, I've seen a lot of. Grown-ups, adults, act like junior high girls. Well, this one, this one's making me feel good. Now this one's making me feel good. Now this one's making me feel now this one was, you know, are we a friend or are we not a friend? We must stand by our friends. Here's one. This is not popular in our in our in our churches today when our friends mess up. That's not the time you leave them. That's the time you stand by them. And let me say something. It may be controversial to others. It's not controversial to me. It's certainly not controversial to God. It's all through the Bible. If somebody in this church falls, your pastor is your friend. Now, I will, I will, I will tell you. I will, I will, I will. Conf- if, if it needs to be confronted, I will confront it. But this is a church that will be a friend. The people who need a friend. It's a shame. We must stand by our friends. Something you and I need to decide. We should stand by our friends. That doesn't mean you have to agree with everything they do. And these, these knuckleheads today, these, these Bible scholars, like, well, does that mean you agree with everything? I don't agree with you. Why are you talking to me? I don't agree with everything. I don't, that's, not, that's not my level of friendship. If the Lord puts in my heart to be a friend to somebody, it doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with, with what they do and the things they do, but it's whether or not I'm their friend. That's what it comes down to. We must stand by our friends. I'm convinced of this. There's a lot of Christians who've left, and they, and they, and they will have to answer for this. 
I'm not justified. They've left God's church. They've left God's word. And it's because when they struggled or they had a hard time or they may have backslidden and fell into sin, instead of trying to help them, pray for them, restore them, we pulled away from them. Now, don't confuse. The Bible does say there are some that you should withdraw from. Withdraw yourself from those who have a disorderly walk. But let me tell you what takes place amongst God's people more than not. We don't withdraw ourselves from this orderly walk, but we withdraw ourselves from those who fall. And I'll use that word fall. What do you mean? Oh, it's something like, you know, a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. You know, we're, we're, we're going to Israel in a couple of weeks. It'll be my second trip there. And sad to say, all the Pharisees aren't in Israel. You know, we must stand by our friends. I, I may have a lot of faults, but, but, but I am determined that one of them is not going to be that I forsake my friends. I'm going to stand by my friends. That's why when you get in trouble... After you talk to the Lord and ask Him to help you, you call your pastor. Well, I, I should have listened, and I you you call. I'm your friend. If you'll permit me, there are there are are people who have they've left the things of the Lord, and anytime I can be, I'm their friend. If I can help them, I help them. I help them as much as I they'll let me help them. I'm not agreeing with what they do. And if the conversation, if they say, Pastor, can you help me? I'm going to say, well, let's talk. Can, can you help me? Let me tell you how to be helped. Here's A, here's B, here's C. And then we're going to determine right then and there if they really want to be helped. But we must stand by our friends. We live in the day, and uh, y'all pray. I'm trying to get my book, Satan's Culture, done at, at, at some point. Uh, but I have, a, I have a chapter I'm writing on this is, you know, this cancel culture we have. You know, and what they do is they pick somebody and then they go to, can, you know what I'm talking about, they go to cancel, and then, you know, you, know what keep, you know what allows them to be quote unquote canceled? Is their friends not being friends? Well, they might, they might come after me. Well, if, 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 their opinion, if you don't care about their opinion, it's hard to be canceled. But anyway, we see that going into it, it, churches get split this way. Well, why are you sitting all of a sudden over here? When for 32 years you've sat over here and run people over to get to your seat. Well, I'm not sitting on that side with them. Well, let me help you with that. You need to have your seat taken away from you and just put you in the altar. We shouldn't act that way. We must stand by our friends. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. There's nobody in here infallible. There's nobody in here imperfect. There's nobody in here who's never made a mistake, nobody in here who's ever said the wrong thing, nobody in here who's, I mean, one of the greatest quotes, and I'm going to butcher it, but Jim Bowie, y'all heard that name? 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? The, the Bowie knife? Every eight-year-old boy needs to get one for his birthday. Um, get that fought, died at the Alamo. Uh, but he, there's a story, and, and I forget the book that I read about it. He got in a fight. He's a big man. Got in a fight, and then he turned to some of his friends and said, why didn't you help me? I mean, he was a big man, and he was a brawler much of his life, and apparently he had gotten a fight, and there was more than one that he was dealing with. He says, when it was over, he said, why didn't you guys help me? He says, well, you know, you, you were at fault. And he says something to the effect of, don't you know I know that? That's why I needed your help. In other words, I got in more trouble than I could get myself out of. That's why I needed your help. You know, that's a whole other story, but it's a good illustration. That's when people need our help. That's when they need us to be their friend. And sometimes it doesn't mean you... I'm not talking about necessarily bailing people out of bad decisions. But the greatest way you can be a friend of somebody is pray for them. Well, I'm, I'm standing on their side because I'm their friend. And you hadn't prayed for them one time. How do you trust me? Because that's the greatest thing we can do for our friends. Sometimes that's all we can do for our friends. But that's still standing with our friends, pleading on their behalf. Number four, I've got to move on. Look at me again at verse 10. We've already said, Thine own friend forsake not, but then thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Number four, we must give consideration to those who have befriended our loved ones. Now, I don't have to be the friend of somebody who's been your friend. But I should consider it. My family, somebody who's been my father's friend, I don't, I don't have to be their friend. But the Bible does say, forsake not. I should give strong consideration to how I can be a help and a blessing to them. Um, we live in a generation, why is this important? Because we live in a day and a generation of so much ingratitude. And ingratitude tied with disobedient parents and all that, it, it's, it's a sign of a reprobate mind, it's a sign of the last times. We're ungrateful. And to the Children, the teens, the young adults, the young couples, you should give gratitude to that older generation who's paved the way in this church, who stayed faithful. I don't know why I'm saying these things tonight. I guess the Holy Spirit just wants them to be said. So if they want your seat, give them your, give them your seat. Now, most of you sit on the front rows, you ain't got to worry about it. Uh, but it's called gratitude. Uh, we understand the importance of a friend. If there's somebody who's been a friend to my father, to my family, there's been times where they've prayed for them. There's been times where they've stood with them. There's been times where they've, they've sacrificed to help, which means it helped them in, in whatever situation and continue to move forward, which helps me. 
So part of my gratitude for being where I am is to be the friend to those who were friends to people who influenced me. People who were who helped me as a byproduct. Um, I'll give a good illustration of this is, you know, some of the my, my father's contemporaries, I decided a long time ago I would be their friend. I said, do you agree? No. And there's many who passionately look at them and say, ah, I ain't doing it the way they did it. Work for them, but they ain't going to work for me, but I'm still their friend. Uh, somebody you'll know very well, I, I, Brother Don Chitty and I are good friends. He's old enough to be my great-great-granddad. Please tell him I said that. But that's an example. We, we, don't, we don't have age, certainly, is not what we have in common. It's not what we have in common. But when I decided a long time ago, I'm going to be a friend to my father's friends. So that I, what, well, because the Bible says, forsake not. And so I'm going to give consideration to those who have befriended our loved ones. If, okay, so in that consideration, is like, okay, there's some things that I have so much time, I have so much energy, I have so much effort, and so I, there's only so much of me that I have to give. And so when I decide what I'm going to do with my time, I'm going to decide with, 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 with the things that I'm going to do, I need to start with a priority list, what's the most important? What does God put in priority? And I believe that God puts in a priority in our relationships to be a friend to those who've been a friend to those who've had an impact in your life. So we should not forsake them. We should be, friend, be a friend to them. We must give, give, give consideration to those who befriend our loved ones. hope that makes sense. Number five, verse number 14. We must be careful of giving too much praise to our friends. Now, there is a balance in our relationships. Read verse 14 and sit with me. It's an interesting verse. He that blesseth his friend, so far this is good. Let's keep going, though. With a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. Now, Pastor, I just wanted to come by and tell you what a blessing you are. Why are you here at 5.30 in the morning doing it? Why are you being so loud out there? Send me an email. A little humor with that, but we must be careful of giving too much praise to our friends because we can fall into that trap of saying to receive. I want somebody to encourage me, so I'm just going to keep, oh, you're such, well, you are too. Do you love so that you can be loved, or do you love to love? I think it's fair to say if you love just to be loved that you can question your love. It's always interesting to talk to new parents. They have that first child. And they always say something like, you know, I didn't think I could love somebody so much. And the husband's like, You know, that's why it's without natural affection to murder your own baby. 
you love? Um, are you a friend to get from a, to have a friend, or are you a friend? See, we got to be very, very careful. Uh, he that blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to, to, to him. Uh, it's about making the relationship, having the right foundation, the, the same relationship. Uh, and one thing that has really, really hurt real friendship and really exposes this is social media. I know this is not the first time you've ever heard me say it, and if, if you don't have social media, wasn't it wonderful growing up in a day when you could just have a stick and play all day with that, and that was just awesome? All the younger generation has just been like, what in the world? I mean, summertime, since that sun came out, we were gone and didn't come back because the doors were locked. It's just different. It's a different day. I'm not saying go, go throw everything out of that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But we must be get, careful giving too much praise for, for our friends because social media, it's amazing to me. You know, and just let me help you. People are not showing their worst. And I'm, I'm going to say it in case I haven't got everybody yet. If the social media post starts. This is how you know it's not real. This is not a real life moment. This is, this is not a real photo. It's staged. If the post starts with real moment here, uh, it's not real. It's staged. Why? Oh, you don't look as as hopeless as you say you do. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of do, but why do we do that? Because i got to have somebody tell me that I'm okay. i got to have somebody validate me. I've got to have somebody uh, pat me on the back today. All of us like to be encouraged, don't we? All of us have those days we like somebody to, to pat us on the back and appreciate us and say, you can keep going, you can do it. All of us like that. Now, let me give, you, give us all some real hard truths here. We have the Spirit of God. That's one of His roles and His responsibilities to remind us of the value we have. The value we have is the fact that God loved us enough to send His Son to die on that cross and pay our sin debt. That, there's, there's nothing that could give a higher value. God created us. He fashioned us in His own image. He, he, he created us to fulfill a purpose for Him. We have that, and this, this is something we do. Oh, you just, and if that's all we're ever doing, how are you going to really be real and be that friend that says, you know, this might not be the best idea, or, man, what's going on with you? And where have you been? And let me just give a warning and, and something to keep in our mind. Your social media relationships with people you know and you love, you go to church with, shouldn't prevent you from being the right kind of friend. And I just tell you, since we're on the subject, I'll tell you, if you, if, you, if you leave God, you leave me. Well, Pastor, unfollow. 
I thought he was my friend. Okay, real moment here. <laughs> Take a picture and post it. Real, real moment, vulnerable moment here. I have followed you because I am your friend. Because when I walk through this pulpit, I don't want to be thinking about. I don't want to know about. When I pray for you, I don't want my emotions. Why in the world are they hanging out with those people? I don't want my emotions. I'm a man, too. I have emotions. You know, my, my, my emotions aren't, aren't bulletproof and Teflon, so I want to guard myself. Why? Because I, I want to be able to be your friend. We must be careful of giving too much praise to our friends. And why is, that, why, why is that? It ties into that. I'll be your friend. If you're my friend, I'll, I'll, I'll have to do these things to be your friend. And then number six, and we're already out of time. We must make our friends better by their relationship with us. Verse 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Every verse of scripture in that Bible you hold in your lap is important. But I believe this verse of Scripture is vitally important when it comes to our relationships or when it comes to our long-term success as a Christian. And what I mean by success is faithfulness. Who you have is your friends. You've heard it. I hear this in, in, in people with these who are successful in business say this in these, these lectures they give. Show me your friends. And I'll show you if you're going to be a success or not. Show me your friends, and I'll show you if you're a success right now. Show me your friends. Do you realize? You say, oh, Pastor's on that social media stuff. He's just, he just, he's just too old for us, not his generation. That might be true, too. But let me help you with something. Do you know people don't get hired because of their friends? You know, people lose promotions because of their friends. Well, how do they know who their friends are? Well, they may have some way of knowing. But do you know that these people who are, they look at their social media profile? Do you know that there are Division I athletes who talent-wise could play at any school in the country but don't get scholarships? Because they look at who they're hanging around. They look at their say, yeah, that's going to be trouble. Judge not. See, be not judged. Well, that don't get you a scholarship. Uh, We must make our friends better by the relationship with us. I want to pick people to be around so that they make me better. They... They, they sharpen me. I want to be around. Uh, the, you know, when I, when I pick my relationships, when it comes to preachers and fellowship and say, why don't you do all these fellowships? I want to be with people who are going to make me a better Christian. I want to be with people who have the same desires as I have. Not every pastor is looking to double. That means there's more work. So I, I want to pick, I'm not, they can do what they want to do. I'm just saying when I pick people around me, I want them to sharpen me. I want them to motivate me. 
That's a big part of who we decide to be around. But the point I want to make and will be dismissed is I want to be the kind of friend that sharpens the people that are around me. Hey, you, 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 you want to grow as a person? You want to grow as a Christian? I want you, you want to be around me? That's fine. Hey, you, can, you can sharpen me and I'll sharpen you. And once you grow as a Christian, this is what happens. Somebody gets saved, they get into church, they begin to grow, and the friends they have, it's kind of like, if you'll let me say this, they don't do, they're not, they don't do anything for not helping me. They're hurting me. You know what you do? You've got to find those that you can still love them, you can still pray for them, try and reach them, but you, you're going to be around those who sharpen you, make you better. But I want to be the kind of friend who makes their friends better by their relationship with us. Well, what a goal for us. Are you making your friends better? Or are you making your friends worse? Are you sharpening your friends or are you dulling them? Don't be the bucket of water in the relationship that tries to put out everybody's fire. There's sometimes I love you, I just, you know, I'm not getting on that express to pessimism. Uh, be the kind of person that sharpens and pushes, and, 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 and that's why we must make sure that we prepare ourselves. I'm afraid that, let's all stand together, I'm afraid we don't spend enough time looking at myself, okay, as I go throughout my responsibilities today, have I prepared myself to be the kind of friend that I need to be? This is why it's important for you to have a walk with the Lord. It's why it's important for you to prepare yourself because you have relationships with your family, you have relationships with people around you. I want to be a friend. So dealing with friends, there's a lot of good stuff in here. There's more in the book of Proverbs about friendship we'll look at another time. Uh, but let's make sure that we strive to be the right kind of friends and be friends to one another. And, uh, and just, just the, the philosophies of this world, be very careful uh, letting them influence you. And uh, if, it, if it's a lost person, they, 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 may be as, they may be as conservative and moral and all those things and certainly rather have them be that than, than anything else. But it doesn't mean they have the right Bible philosophies. And so uh, let's always make sure that we judge ourselves by that. Father, help us to be the right kind of friend. Uh, help us to be thankful, more thankful for the friend that's sick or closer than her brother. And may we be, decide to be a friend.